0: Welcome to Ironman Coffee and uh, we're so excited that you're here this morning. If you're a first-timer this morning, I would love for you to figure out in that system there where you could just raise your hand. We'd like to recognize you. Mike, if that's the best way for us to do it on this system, let me know. Um, there's another way. So if you're a first-timer to Ironman, go ahead in there and raise your hand. I see you, Alex. Uh, Welcome to Ironman, brother. It's nice to have you here. Douglas, I see you there. Nice to have you here at Ironman. There's another first-timer. I see Josh. Man, we got a lot of first-timers. Paul, Phil, Ron, Tim, Tom, Warren. Hopefully, I didn't miss somebody. Uh, Gregory. Dang, we got a bunch of new first-timer guys. Brian, Brian. Uh, Who else we got? Gregory, I already said him. Jim, I see you, brother. Let's see who else is in there. Another Tom. There's probably a bunch of Davids. I see Tony. Well, all you men, welcome to Ironman. We're so glad that you came this morning. Ironman, we started about 10, 12 years ago, something like that, with the concept of just encouraging men to be better dads, better husbands. And better knowers of uh, who Jesus is. You know, we want to learn what we believe so that we can explain it in our mission field. And for most of us, our mission field is our workplace. We want to love others, starting with our wives. And we want to lead well, like Jesus led. And so, guys, welcome to Ironman. This is what we call Ironman Coffee. And typically, we meet once a month, and we would meet above Oxum Coffee, and we would gather and there would be anywhere between 100 to 200 guys that would gather and um, but since uh, COVID-19 Mike who's leading this call and Dave Sanfilippo or we call him Doc they actually picked up the baton when I was ready to just say you know I just I don't think that uh, I can continue with all the things I have going on in my work life and these two guys picked up the baton and said no we can't let Ironman died during this period, we're actually going to do Take It Virtual. So because of Mike and Dave, we actually are on this virtual platform now, which is an interesting platform for all of us. um, Because right now I'm looking directly into a little hole in my computer. So it's it's much different than when we were actually in person. So um, we're going to make the most of it uh, at this Ironman Coffee. And I know that Tom in particular, I watch him on Facebook all the time. So he's a natural in front of the camera where guys like me are a little bit shyer. But this past week on Friday, uh, Mike Winslow was our teaching fellow at Ironman Connect. And uh, we have the coffee, which is a a general meeting, which is what you guys are attending right now. But Ironman is essentially a discipleship ministry. You know, before Jesus left, he gave us a, a mission, and that was to go forth and make disciples. So every Friday, except for the last Friday of the month, We typically have been meeting at Four Rivers. Now we're actually meeting virtually because of uh, Mike and Dave. Um, So last Friday, Mike Winslow was our teaching fellow. And the concept on the every Friday, the Ironman Connect, the teaching fellow teaches for about 10 minutes. And then from there, we turn it over to table captains that then facilitate conversation. Well, Mike Winslow spoke last week and he talked about prayer life. And I was so convicted after Mike spoke, and I think Mike's on this call, Um, and I, I looked at my bride and I said, you know, Mike talked this morning about prayer, and he talked about the importance of prayer. And I honestly, I've been feeling a little disconnected, not only from people, but also from God. So on Friday, right after Mike spoke, I asked my bride, I said, you know, I'd like to I'd like to escape for a few days and go up to our cabin. So I'm sitting actually in our cabin right now. Um, and I said, I'd like to just reconnect with God because I know when my relationship with God is not right, then my relationship with you. And I've been pretty short with my bride over the last month or so. And I can tell that. And so she said, yes, by all means, go to the cabin and reconnect (laughs) with God. And then, uh, I've been short with my kids and I've probably been short with some of the guys that are in Ironman too. And um, so I came up here on Friday and Saturday, you know, sometimes when you're away from God, you just don't know where to start. And so I did something kind of strange. Um, I actually am sitting at the table where I have dinner each night and breakfast. And I set a setting for God and I set a setting for Jesus and I set a setting for the Holy Spirit. And I had my own setting. And I I had these conversations with, you know, with, with the Godhead. And um, it really, every day I've been having these conversations. I mean, if you were standing outside the window looking in, you'd be like, what's he doing? <laughs> um, but I got to tell you, man, it's been an amazing week for me just to reconnect with God. And so this is kind of the culmination for me this week to hear Tom this 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 afternoon or this morning just, and i'm excited about everything that we're going to be learning from you today tom i my my uh, my heart is soft because of everything i've been asking god this week and towards the end of today i'll share a couple of other things that i've learned this week but yeah we've got a whole bunch of guys that are on this call let me call Ollie. if you could uh, join us you're going to open us up in prayer and uh, then you're going to turn it over to chief and then chief will introduce our speaker formally so Tom, you continue just to hang out there, man. Just, you're looking good. You're looking good. All right, Ollie, why don't you uh, open us up in prayer, brother? I'm going to turn off my webcam.
1: Sounds good. So man, wherever you are, just just spy your heads and, and let's invite the Holy spirit and the Lord into our homes, into our rooms, into wherever we may be. Father, just thank you. Thank you for this morning. Thank you for fellowship. Even if it's virtual, um, Lord, we just ask that your Holy Spirit leads and guides us through today. Allow, Just use Tom today to give us the words that we need, especially during these times, in times that we need to pray and be closer to you. I can second what David said. I want to be closer to you, especially with everything going on. Lord, restore not only our economy, but restore our families, restore our faith, restore our marriages, our relationships with our children. We pray that this morning is beneficial to not only our souls and our hearts and our minds, but to the people uh, that we come in contact with today, Lord. So we just thank you, Father God, for what you're doing. Thank you for the work that you continue to do through Ironman, virtually and, and through relationships that are built, Lord. Thank you for Tom and, and, and willingness to be here this morning. And again, we just invite your Holy Spirit. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And I'm going to hand it off to my brother. Dave Ogden to introduce Tom Stroop. Dave, there you are. Hey,
2: Ali. Good morning, man. How you doing? Good to see morning, you, Dave. Morning, brother.
1: <laughs> Good to see you, too.
2: Awesome prayer. I uh, I know Tom appreciates that. I appreciate you for uh, praying for him, and uh, we're looking forward to hearing from today. How are you guys doing? How are you, How are you and Miss Laura doing, man?
1: We're doing well. We're staying home, staying safe. Uh, I was hoping that didn't lose um, power because there's a bunch of lightning right now, but we're blessed. We're blessed. We really are. Yeah, I got a little like little
2: right right behind me that's sitting there too, but we'll make it through, man. Thanks for the prayer and I appreciate it. So, appreciate uh, you guys, take care. Uh, good, good to see you. Hey, Tom, if you want to pop on, I'm going to uh, kind of introduce you here, talk just for a minute to the guys and uh, say good morning to everybody. I think Mike can do that in the background there. So guys, I have the uh, distinct privilege and prep uh, pleasure to introduce a uh, great friend of mine. We've known each other since uh, 1989, kind of going way, way back and in 1989 I uh, came on the SWAT team uh, and that's where I met Tom Stroop first and I spent uh, nearly 15 years on the SWAT team. He spent uh, his entire career there but along with that uh, in the sheriff's office he's done a a plethora of things from road patrol to undercover narcotics work to uh, working up the ranks of the chain of command. I think for a while he was in the, uh, uh, the marine patrol division and a few others, but he worked his way all the way up to the ranks in the sheriff's office, to um, from corporal to sergeant to lieutenant to uh, captain. In commensurate to that, he was on the SWAT team, and uh, one of the unique things on the team is, uh, the team is different, uh, as most teams are, and they get an opportunity to uh, uh, self-promote kind of within your group of the folks that promote you within. So he was promoted to assistant team leader and team leader, and then right up the ranks on that. I know we got a lot of, I looked uh, down the list here, and uh, we've got a lot of folks that are on here, that are uh, from some some former members. So hey, reach out and shout out to you guys. Good to uh, good to see you guys on here, and appreciate you being here. And also, I got some very special people that I invited. Uh, Tim German, I want to uh, say hi to you, and uh, Dave Callen as well. Very special to me. Uh, those are uh, officers that we've lost in the line of duty. So again, spending all those years with Tom, it's uh, a pretty neat. Pretty unique and pretty great to get a chance to introduce them. But kind of more importantly, um, you know, we've been through a lot together, you know, whether it's been uh, high risk search warrants, hostage situations, barricaded government situations, all those different kinds of things. uh, You get to certainly see people under pressure. And I've seen him under pressure and I've seen him live and lead well out of all those years, which is pretty, pretty amazing. But commensurate to that, I also got to see what kind of man he was. As he came up, he's been married to uh, Dawn for 35 years, a uh, really long time. We're we're friends with both of them, just amazing people. Um, but I can also tell you this, throughout the um, his entire life that I've known Tom, he's also been a man of God, which has been really, really cool to kind of watch. Um, so I'm hoping you guys are still hearing me. I'm seeing a couple of audio things. Mike, we still good? All good, Dave. Good. good. Awesome. I can't see anything in it there I want to kind of finish with this guys I don't know if Tom's going to mention this but being on the SWAT team we have a special coin you guys know I'm a coin collector uh, and unfortunately you guys can't get this unless you've been on a team <clears throat> and it's really significant uh, one of our own former uh, SWAT commanders kind of developed this in the 90s and it's got a shield on it for the shield for the protection that uh, that we give to the community and it's got the sword you'll recognize some of these things from Ephesians 6 right it's got the sword here which is a sort of justice for us. It's about truth, integrity um, and honor that we're supposed to live by. It also has a fire flame that's in there, which is the trial by fire. We've uh, we've certainly seen a whole bunch in our lives through the SWAT team and through the missions that we've had uh, some very big highs and some very, very bad lows uh, from deaths of officers and things of that nature. And it's got five stars signifying the five original members in 1972. But most importantly, it's got a Latin phrase that says nunquam dubitatio. And what that means to us is never a doubt. Uh, never a doubt uh, that the, that your partner has your back when you go into a mission. Never a doubt that he's gonna step up and do the right thing and protect you and you're gonna protect him. Never a doubt that he's gonna leave you behind. So I wanna kind of leave with introducing Tom with nunquam dubitatio because I think he's lived that way for God. Uh, never a doubt that, um, that Tom Stroop has been a man man of God, a man on mission uh, for those 31 years that I've known him now. So I'm really excited to hear him talk about perseverance because I I don't think I can think of a better person to talk about that. So with having that said, hopefully that wasn't too long-winded, Tom. I can't see. I wish I did. I don't know if I'm having audio problems but I'm going to turn it over to you. And uh, I'm glad. I'm looking forward to hearing hearing from you today.
3: Yeah, thanks. Um, I'm assuming you can hear me. I can hear you. Okay. Uh, you know, one one quick, I guess, turn um, item, agenda thing. You know, I my wife and I keep talking about this, you know, the coronavirus and, and how the positive effects it's been having on our relationship and different things like that. But she was reminded the other day, and I'm just saying this to myself, but maybe it's a, a message to somebody else, too, is that, you know, no matter how much good we see in it as Christians and no matter how much good might come out of it as far as our family lives and our relationships and, I don't know, just slowing down and stuff, it is, really is hurting a lot of people. So, you know, my wife and I caught ourselves call, talking to the front porch of the day about how, you know, we're retired, we get a retirement check. I actually get a Social Security check now, so, you know, God has blessed us, but we've we got to be real sensitive to what we say about it for other people's witness because, there are people that aren't being blessed right now. It, it's not a good thing at all for a lot of people. So a reminder to me, a reminder to all of us that you know, when we, when we thank God for certain things as Christians, we have a different perspective. You know, We see things as God's will no matter how bad it gets. And until somebody is a Christian, it's kind of hard to see that. And I'll say that as far as the title of perseverance, it's the same exact thing. I, you know, Perseverance for me, being a non-Christian, is totally different than perseverance being a christian it just the motive is different the intention is different where i get my power my source of for persis, uh, perseverance is different so when i speak about perseverance i'm speaking that about it from two different sides like you know the non christian side which is self reliance and the christian side which is reliance on god and hopefully less of me and more of god but real quick and you know Dave introduced me but you know my name is Tom Stroop i'm 62 years old i retired from the sheriff's office, and he said all that good stuff, but I'll start off with from the beginning. I'm a high school dropout. Um, I got married at 18. My wife was nine months pregnant. She was 16. We had a son. By the time I was 19, I had a one-year-old son. I had already been in the Army and out of the Army. I got out on a general under armed conditions discharge, which means basically there's a breach of contract, but I consider it something that I I could have avoided, but I didn't. I was young. I didn't know what I was doing. So I got out of that uh, after two years. Um, I'll tell you a story later about how I got hired as a police officer. But I got hired as a police officer. I quit that job, went back to Orlando, where I'm from, and started my life over. So I dropped out of high school, had a son at 18, got divorced, uh, left the Army, left the police department, and here it is, this many years later. I now have a master's degree. I've been married 35 years. I have great grandchildren. My son is a firefighter paramedic. And I, if I didn't say it already, I've been married 35 years, and I live in downtown Windermere, and life couldn't be better. And what I realized is that my God, your God, our God, is the God of second chances. But I think there's a little bit of a caveat there. And what I try to say with understanding is that my God is a God of second second chances if we persevere. In other words, we have to put our – my favorite book in the Bible is James because James is like this man of action. He's like, yeah, faith is great. You have to have faith. Without faith, you have nothing. But faith without works is dead. So perseverance is part of what I look at as far as my work, my ethics, my values move forward based on my perseverance. And I hope that it's for God's purpose and not my own. So all the second chances I've gotten, God has said, okay, I'm going to give you a second chance. Now persevere and do it right this time. And I'll say this, with as many people that are watching today, this morning, there are going to be at least somebody and maybe several people who are going to hear me and hear God's words, I hope, and it's going to directly affect them. Please don't ignore that because I can tell you from personal experiences that everything somebody says to you matters if it's, a, if it's meant to be said to you. And I'll give you a real quick example. Um, I was raised by a mother, a single mom of four children. Well, I didn't have a father around to tell me anything, what to do or how to do it or give me directions. So I kind of did what I wanted. So I didn't get any value from an adult male until one day. I'm working in my yard. When I say working in my yard, you remember, we were on food stamps, welfare, the whole bit, government housing. So I'm literally raking my front yard, which is nothing but sand, with a garden rake. This little kid from across the street comes over and says, marches over, you know, a little red he kid marches over. And I'm like 16 years old. He goes, I asked my mom, because he never saw a dad around the house. I asked my dad if you were a man or a boy, because he couldn't figure out what's going on over there. He saw a guy that looked like a big guy they didn't know was his dad. He goes, my dad told me You were a man because you did all the work around the house. Now, that's the first time anybody, a grown man, directly or indirectly, had ever said anything encouraging to me. And believe it or not, those few words from like a six year old kid, second hand words from his father, changed my life almost forever because I saw myself as being a man because somebody else saw me as being a man and being responsible. So remember those. Small words to people, your words might be what causes someone else to persevere. I'm going to give you a, a real extreme example of, of that. So I'm working in a rock court. Like I said, I was married at uh, 18. My wife was eight months pregnant. And the reason we got married is because we received Christ as our Savior when she was eight months pregnant. So that's a whole other story. But uh, So I'm working in a rock court. Two years I've been there. I'm cutting tobacco on the weekend. Still, just, still high school dropout. She's a high school dropout also. This farmer pulls up. He's been watching me, I guess, for a couple years or whatever. So now, I was a pretty hard worker back then. Still am, I think. And he looks at me, he spits tobacco out the window and says, The police department's hiring. And I'm like, What the? Police department? Now, I'd already been to jail. I, Matter of fact, the reason I joined the army was to avoid going to jail. So I'm like, Well, I never thought. Now, I wasn't a lawbreaker. You know, I wasn't doing anything bad. I was working. Supporting my wife, we lived in a government house. I'm sorry, a company house that, the, that Rockport had to buy because it was so close to the edge of the cliff that it was condemned. So we lived there for almost nothing. So I'm thinking, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. You know, I'm I'm 19 years old by now, and I'm a, I'm a man. I'm supply providing my family. Police department. So I went and cut my hair, got my GED, and I got a job as a police officer. That was one person that I never saw again. And doesn't have, he probably doesn't have any idea what happened to me. So here it is, 32 years later, I'm retired as a captain with a master's degree and getting a pension and, you know, living here in, in Windermere because I think because one stranger said something encouraging to me. So his encouraging words, me, put perseverance in me. And that's what I'm saying to anybody listening right now. Your encouraging words to someone else. It could be your own child. It could be a total stranger. It could be somebody tomorrow or today. Your words of encouragement to somebody else can cause perseverance in their life that could last a lifetime. And I got a lot of examples like that. Those are some of the true extreme examples. And the reason that I tell these stories is because I think most of us realize this, is that when we, something happens in our lives, it's not necessarily just for us. It may be for us at that moment. But the real purpose, just like all of the apostles, they wrote down their lessons. And those lessons have affected all of us, and it will affect all of us, for eternity. What happens in your life, and what you do with it, and what, how you tell your story can affect, peop- can affect people for eternity. I promise you there are people in your life right now that are probably quoting things you said, and you will never, ever know it. So I'll talk about my son just for a second, and Chief Ogden brought this up the other day. My son was, was pretty much a wild child. Don't know where he got it. No, I'm assuming it was from me. Uh, he was he, he kind of took it up with another notch, though. So by eighth grade, he was pretty much kicked out of public schools. And it, it, that's just the tip of the iceberg. You know, drugs were involved. And, and I'll clarify, once again, my son is a firefighter paramedic now. So God is a God of second chances. If you persevered. I give him full credit for doing that. My son and God. Uh, but anyway we had a problem. And there was no drug treatment programs that would even take him. He was a little bit too aggressive for even just like counseling or in home care. So we started this we went in this program called Strict. And you took in kids in your house while your son or daughter went somewhere else. So we brought in nine boys, not good boys, bad boys. I was I was on SWAT, I was younger than most of the parents. We had a 900 square foot house and we brought in anywhere from eight to 10 boys every night. We picked them up at night, brought them home. And yes, in my police car, I'd pick them up. That's why, thank God at that time, he gave me a Suburban. And we counseled with them and we fed them and we washed their clothes. So for two and a half years, we did this. We took care of kids that we never really had much contact with. Ten years later. I'm having dinner now. That, that's making a very long story short, by the way. I give my wife a lot of credit for all this. Because keep in mind, this is my second marriage. This, my wife is not the natural mother of my son. You couldn't convince him of that now. But So she did all of this and not even not even blinked. She didn't blink. And by the way, she was a very young bride. So God bless her. And a lot of other kids, too. So we are in uh, Deland or someplace. And this rough-looking kid walks up. He's a waiter. And he looks at us and he goes, Dad, Dad Stroop, Mom Stroop, they call your mom and dad. I'm so-and-so. And he starts crying. We recognized immediately. He said, I just want to thank you guys for what you did. Now, this is 10 years later. Out of all the kids, we probably had thousands of kids over two and a half years. Because sometimes we get them for one night. Sometimes we get them for 11 months. One kid. I remember saying thank you. Now, we don't do it for that reason. But my point is this, is that the, thing, the people you affect, You may or may not ever hear them say thank you, but I promise you, you're changing their lives forever. So your good words and your bad words affect people forever, and it can directly affect the perseverance of other people. Now, by the way, I am now Facebook friends with that guy, and we go back and forth all the time and talk to each other and encourage each other. So that's why I tell my stories. I'm not telling my stories to show how wonderful I am or how rough my life was or or anything I tell the story because I know that it's gonna affect somebody else and I know for a fact that there are people listening right now whose lives will be changed by what God is saying through me so don't ignore that pass it on and let somebody else benefit from what you've learned and I didn't grow up that way by the way I didn't grow up sharing feelings at all what happens is and you know this is as what well as I do that in our lives if we think we have control like, I got this now remember we we're on SWAT Dave and I were on SWAT Um, And a lot of it, maybe somebody else, I know a couple of my friends are listening now on SWAT also. You're pretty much a team, but you're also very self-motivated. It's like being on a football team. The whole team is moving forward, but it's an individual effort. So we're kind of, you know, self-reliant. You're going to be self-reliant until you can't be self-reliant anymore. Then you're going to realize you do need other people. And that's why I really want to thank the Ironman of God for for forcing me to do this. I don't say forcing me, but... Challenging me to do this, um, I'd rather be in front of a crowd of people. You know, I'm sort of a showman more than I am a narrator. But this this forced me to write some things down, to take some notes, to self-evaluate. So this has been a blessing for me, and I hope that it's a blessing for others. But what I'll tell you is, if you think you're doing it on your own, you're not. So if you are having issues with anything, especially during this struggle time we have, this is a global struggle. Don't forget, this is not just Central Florida. I mean, you think about it that way it's global struggle now along those lines i will say this i used to run obstacle courses quite a bit on the swat team and uh what i would do is i would get on the starting line and that was my strength my strength was i wasn't a very good shot as dave if i would tell you i mean i could pull it off and i was good at some but my strength was was it most things physical so i'm um, starting lines it's very you know it's stressful and what i would do is i would zoom out i mean i literally picture uh, like If somebody standing on the moon right now and they look down, they they would not even see what I'm doing. So this is not as big a deal as you think it is. So if you are going through struggles right now, zoom out. Zoom way out and realize that if you keep focusing on this little tiny, tiny spot, it's going to seem bigger. And it's not as big as you think it is no matter what's going on. So if you're going through a stressful time right now, which most of us are, just zoom out a little bit and take in the big perspective. I read in James last night that says that we are a mist that appears for a little while. Now, that doesn't mean we can't enjoy life and we don't have a purpose here. We're not supposed to be doing something. But keep in mind, we are a mist that appears for a little while. So take advantage of that. Be live your life to its fullest. But if you get to the point where you're starting to really get overwhelmed with something, zoom out. I'm wearing a t-shirt that says zoom out. I think that's, that's a good reminder to, to me, and it also helps me tell other people what it means. Um, I told the story, but I, I got some notes here. But I don't. I know you guys can't respond back to me, but I was trying to think of other words for perseverance. And, you know, there, I want to get to a definition of perseverance here because I think that in my mind I had kind of the wrong perspective of what perseverance really meant to God. Uh, so I saw fortitude. And, I you know, fortitude for me is like, you know, fortitude is like a cool word, right? Like they yeah, have fortitude. And you think about what does the word mean? Well, I don't know, but I, I really like it. fortitude. You know, it means they got something going on. So it, I started looking around, and I didn't Google this because I'm the kind of guy that says, hey, give me your answer, but don't Google it, right? I do Google a lot of things, but I didn't Google this. So I just thought, what does it mean to me without looking up a definition? Fortitude for me is more like courage. And I think about an incident that Chief Ogden and I were in, and um, I'm here to tell you and I'm not going to single out Dave above everybody else, but in this one, <coughs> excuse me, this is, right, I'm in a got coffee. In this one incident, I can promise you Chief Ogden showed fortitude. And fortitude, to, in my definition of fortitude, is an inner strength and a courage. It's like someone jumping into a river to save somebody and putting themselves at risk. Or, you know, you hear these stories about a mother, you know, just doing whatever it takes to stand in between danger and their child. That That's me. That's that's inside of you. That, that's a fortitude thing, and you see it with a lot of people. And, it, and sometimes it can be the most unassuming people. You think, oh, well, you know, this person is that, this person is this. And then all of a sudden something comes up, and they are the first one to push forward. That, to me, is fortitude. Um, I think you can learn that. I think you can. I think you can develop that, uh, but I also think there's something inherent in you that you have. And I think everybody has it, it's just at different levels. Another word I have is tenacity. Now, for me, tenacity is like self-will. Like you know, I'm not. I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to beat me. And I, 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 I Actually, I just divided it into old school tenacity and new school tenacity. I know that sounds weird, but I think of tenacity as like. Picture a farmer back in whatever, the twenties, forties, or even today. And they're just plowing that field they're behind a, a you know, in this case they're behind a, a you know, a mule or whatever an ox and they're pulling through the hard, wet mud, and they just they're just not stopping no matter what. And they're motivated by I gotta feed my family or I gotta get this thing plowed. That's just that's just old school tenacity. All the people that you know that work in the even today work in the coal mines or the real hard physical tenacity, even even not not even, but somebody that is in a business person, they got tenacity. Just keep on pushing. You know, they, they work late into the night because they just have a certain drive, a certain tenacity. For me, that's another word, and that is more of like a like a physical attribute, something you're just forcing yourself to do because you know you have to do it. Uh, an example of modern school or modern tenacity is, you know, like. People still want to do that sort of thing, but their life might not, the job might not require that, or their lifestyle might not require that. So we emulate that. I think people like that. They want tenacity. So we do things like mud run. We do things like CrossFit. We do things like, you know, whatever, UFC fighting or, or Dave. I know Dave does a lot of grappling. That that takes tenacity. That's sort of like a modern tenacity that we're kind of substituting that in our lives because we need it and we want it. It's the same thing with a lot of people do with their lives and they... When somebody's lacking, naturally, they kind of create it because there's a certain need to do certain things. And I think tenacity is one of those things that most people want to have. Um, I have a thing when I work out, I actually call the tenacity zone. So i work out, and I like to do 100 reps of things. I don't do them all at once, typically. And I always realize that right around 80% is when I really want to quit. It's like my 80%, if, if I do it right and, I, and, I, and I've i I practice this workout, I've done it enough times to know. After 80%, I'm like, this is it. So the last 20% for me is what I call my tenacity zone. And you see it a lot of times in professional athletes or, or people that push beyond their their comfort zone. That last 20% is tenacity zone. And that's something like I can say. You're forcing yourself to do that. You're making yourself move forward. So perseverance is, is a definition of fortitude and tenacity. Um, I think most people consider something the definition of perseverance is like i don't want to say business business success but perseverance is like pushing yourself real hard in your in your business in your in your job in your in the world's view of success you know they they persevered you know they pushed through oh, like like shark tank kind of success you know what i mean like this person came up with this idea and they kept pushing it, and they had perseverance. They pushed it all the way to the end. They got the shark tank, and now they're a multimillionaire. And there's one example of that. And I'll tell you what, this one kind of motivates me too. If you've ever painted, you know the brush gets wet. If it stays wet, it doesn't matter how long, that, those bristles won't get hard. You can put it in a bucket of water for two years, and it, pull it right out, rinse it off, and use it again. If you don't, set it aside, the brush is pretty much ruined. So this this these two guys, they were fire, fi- two firefighters, I think, and another guy, they did construction on the side, and they used to take their paintbrushes and put them inside of a Ziploc baggie. And this one guy said, "You know what? Let's make something that's formed, formed to fit this brush. We'll snap it over it, almost like a like a plastic Tupperware sandwich box." Go to any hardware store now; they're in there, and they're multi-millionaire. They had perseverance to push an idea through, and and become very successful with it, and that to me is a kind of example of worldly perseverance success on that end so that's that's not a bad that's not a bad definition of what perseverance is, but when I started looking at it, I realized that the kind of success that that the worldly perseverance is is it's for money, fame, power, control over others and money is not bad, fame is not bad, control over others is not bad, especially if you were a good leader. But that's the world's definition of success through perseverance. Then I looked up God's definition, and I did Google this, even though it's in my Bible. I did Google this, and this is God's definition of perseverance, and this was very telling to me. Uh, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, Whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And here's the catch. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So I broke it down. You know, I'm a SWAT commander. i got to break that down to its last, you know, what's the end result here? So here it is. Trials. Equals testing of faith. Testing of faith equals perseverance. Here is God's end result for why he wants us to persevere. It makes us mature and complete. So the world's definition of perseverance is success. And there's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. I I wish success on everybody. The world's definition, I even looked it up. The world's definition of success, let me look at my notes real quick right here. I know I have it somewhere. It says to be persistent in your goal until you reach success. So the world's definition is to be successful. That's perseverance. God's definition is to be mature. And what I think God means by that is I'm not trying to put words in God's mouth. Believe me is that he wants us to be mature in our thinking, mature in our actions, mature in our perception of things around us, mature. So whenever I do things now as I close to, like perseverance as a young man, man, pushing as hard as I can, I'm going to persevere, I'm going to win, I'm going to be pushing forward. Perseverance now means how is this going to increase my maturity? Now, It still means pushing, and it still means getting reaching a goal of success. There's always still success goals there. But how is this maturing me in my Christian walk? David talked about that earlier. Where are we at in our Christian walk right now? It changes all the time. You know, my, my Christian life has been a roller coaster, Just like my, you know, I told you my first job as a law enforcement office officer, I quit and walked away. So my, even my law enforcement career, you know, was a roller coaster. Most of my life is. So I believe that God's definition of perseverance is maturity. The world's definition of perseverance is success. The difference is, is that God's definition requires us to persevere from within, the maturity. So we're bringing our perseverance motives in. The world's definition of perseverance is out, and that's tr- true with our spiritual life, isn't it? I mean, we people want to see us as Christians; they see what's in here, they don't see what's out here. As a matter of fact, out here kind of really blurs it all. I mean, I I had somebody ask me once if I was you know, a Christian, and I'm like, dang, I've known you for, you know, 15 years. You don't know I'm a Christian, so he wasn't seeing it. He wasn't seeing it in here, and he wasn't seeing it in my actions. he wasn't seeing it in anything. So maturity is God's purpose for perseverance. So real quick here, I know I only have a couple minutes left. I want to, I want to just kind of define the difference between persistence and insistence, and this is the one that gets me in trouble. How do I know the difference between persistence, being persistent in something, or being insistent in something? Um, insistent is something I want. I'm insistent that I want to do this. I'm insistent that I want to do that. It's something for me. If I'm insistent about something, and I'm trying to decide well, am I being insistent with this or am I being persistent? I look at it and go, wait, if I'll do this just for me then I'm probably being insistent. Now, if I'm being insistent about something, it's probably not best for me. And right now, can you think of an instance in your life where you were insistent about something and somebody had to step in, zoom out, and say, you're you're being insistent on this, and this is only good for you, and you're blinded by what you want. I can tell you I got an incident. I'm not going to go into it, but... I remember standing in my front yard and almost just like screaming at the sky because I wanted something so bad and it didn't happen. I literally walked my front yard into my house and I, I just—it's like a boom—it just fell on me. It's like, what in the heck were you thinking? And I was so glad—I was so glad that God and my wife stepped in because in my life, I like how Dave calls his wife his bride. So my bride. Has a more zoom out look on things. And She told me before I even get into this, why are you doing this? Well, because you know this. This and I, you can justify it. But the reality was, it was for me, and I was being insistent. Uh, persistence can be good. Insistent cannot. So persistence is when I want something for others. Insistent is when I want something for me. So real quick, um, this this it's the war story. But you're gonna have you're gonna leave a legacy, and people are gonna remember. You are going to remember your life, and people are going to remember your life for what you perceive as important. What you persevere for is probably what's important to you. So we are doing a drug search warrant somewhere in Orlando, Orange County. Going to a house. It, you know, it was run down. And this is, this is, for me, it was really weird. Maybe it was an artistic moment, or maybe it was just only when I saw But you've seen the old console TVs, right? The old console TVs from the 70s. That's like a, a time capsule. So it was a big old console TV from the 70s, and it was sitting there. And then on top of it was a little bit of a newer TV on top of that. So you had like a, almost like a time capsule of TVs. And on top of that was even a smaller newer TV. And then on top of that was a high school football trophy. This house had nothing else in it. And the guy in the house had lived there his whole life. matter of fact, I think he may have inherited the house from his parents. So he probably moved into his parents' house after he lost everything he had and his parents passed away. But he did not get rid of that high school football trophy. And I asked him, is that your trophy? He's like, yeah, I got it in high school. No matter how bad his life got, he hung on to that trophy. And who knows where he was. It's was. It was probably in the house when he moved in. Parents, his parents probably kept it. And he probably hung on to it. Everything else he probably sold or got stolen or whatever. He hung on to that trophy that high school football trophy. And i got to tell you, for some reason, that one thing just really, really showed me that that was, that was important to him because it was the best thing that ever happened to him. And he was a true victim of life, a true victim of circumstances. And whatever got him there is really not important. What's important is that he still had hope in that one thing that he achieved. So whatever you're persevering after now, whatever you're insistent about, whatever you're persistent about, and I'm talking to myself, too. I'm not talking to just, you know, everybody listening. Is that going to be your trophy? Is that going to be what people remember you for? Is that going to be what what you're going to remember? So I don't know what is going on in your life now. I I know what's going on in all of our lives right now as far as the, the, the coronavirus and all the traumas going on with that. But remember that, persistence is you think of it as being a long effort it's really a short game lived minute by minute with a very long game and with now i'll leave you this last thing because i'm showing like 746 i don't want to go over uh this last thing is when things get tough just zoom out It, it helps me quite a bit and whenever you persevere for Remember that if it's for others, it's probably in God's will. If it's just for you, double check. Double check with somebody that's going to zoom out and show you what maybe they see that you don't. So, last thing here. And I got this from Troy Smith, March Church, at a Bible study the other day. Seeing Jesus is the ultimate purpose in getting to heaven. Mm-hmm. Knowing you are going to see Jesus should motivate your journey. No matter what we do here on earth, our primary purpose should be to see Jesus when we get to heaven. And I think I read the text from my book. So, anyway, somebody show me how to get out of this thing. I'm assuming that uh, somebody's going to pop up here in a second. There you go. Thanks, David.
0: Hey, you stay right there, bro. Okay. You stay right there. What you All taught right. this morning was gold. I mean, I got a whole page of notes. <laughs> on what Thank we were you. talking about so i want to comment on a couple of these things before dave comes on and closes this out in prayer <clears throat> the uh the zoom out the zoom out all right i'm going to take you on a quick tour tom you ready okay yeah right. so join me in this i'm going to try to do it
3: oh boy
0: all right wait What's a second company all right wait a second so this oh is the ta- this is the table. I know that I know that you love woodwork, man. You would love this yes, table. Yes, I do. All right. All right. So I have uh, I have God sitting at the head of the table, and Jesus and the Holy Spirit sitting there, and then I was sitting here. And um, this happened two days ago, and I was down the mountain and I was digging holes. I I buried uh, twenty trees. I planted twenty trees. And I'm digging in the mountain and I'm going through rock, and it's just, it's actually really fun. And it's kind of like your your yard work that you did when you were younger, you know? And I feel like I'm getting nowhere. And it actually took me two and a half days to dig 20 holes that were only this deep. But But while I'm down in the woods, right, these trees are actually as tall as me. And the woods, obviously, are much taller than me. And sometimes, you know, when you're in the middle of something, you're in the midst of the forest and you're down there and you're in the hole and you're trying to dig through the rocks and you you need perseverance to be able to get through it. And so after four or five hours of that, I was pretty tired and I walked up the mountain and I set the table for me to have lunch with God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And um, a lesson just hit me because as I was sitting up here in the cabin and I had this amazing view, I, I God, I'm just being quiet. And how many times, Tom, do we actually sit and be quiet and just listen for God? And so this was one of those moments where I was sitting, I was being quiet. And God said to me, he said, look around. And so I look around and man, the view is so beautiful up here because now I've zoomed out. Yeah, I I literally have zoomed out. And God's like, this is where I want you. This is where I want you. I don't want you always worried and and down there and i want you working i want you doing that but when you're down there i don't want you worried and overwhelmed and he says this is where i want you and so when you talked about zoomed out for me after this week in particular that that was a confirmation that that was in fact god speaking to me (laughs) Yeah. yeah because you said zoomed out and that's exactly what happened just a couple of days ago i zoomed out and it was just a great reminder Of how important it is for me just to lay back on God and say God right now I'm in the midst and there's a lot of guys on this call that are struggling to your point when you first started and they're overwhelmed they're overwhelmed with things that are happening with their marriage with their brides their kids and I know that I came up to the cabin with some things that I was overwhelmed with and man I feel so much more at peace just letting God handle things, and I'm asking God, God, just give me wisdom, give me perseverance, give me, give me the ability to just speak kindly when I get overwhelmed. And so that was a big one for me this morning, bro. Talking about zooming out. So thank you for that. Yeah. <clears throat> Let me go back over to my notes because I had a couple of other things I wanted to take you to the table. Um,
3: yeah, I saw the view out the window too. I, I, I'm coming up there to give you some company.
0: I'll bring you some coffee. <laughs> the second thing was tenacity zone.
3: Man, I
0: love that. I was actually videoing you on my phone uh, because I use this word tenacity with my girls all the time, and they're like, Daddy, don't talk about tenacity. And so <clears throat> I, I texted it to them, and I'm like, Hey, listen, I'm not the only one that believes in the word yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so. Man, it's such a joy. You're a, you're an amazing man, and I'm so glad that Dave Ogden, as he comes on, introduced you to me. Um, I love having guys like you in my life, and guys like Dave Ogden. Uh, you guys stretch me in so many ways. I'll I'll never forget the first time that I saw Dave come to an Ironman event that we had, the Ironman Coffee, and at that time, you know, it was just a couple of guys that were coming, so I had some time to research a little bit on each guy and. I Google stock Dave Ogden and found out his story of his son, Caleb. And, um, you know, I was just incredibly overwhelmed that this man showed up at an Ironman event. And, uh, and ever since then, Dave has been one of those guys in my inner circle that has stretched me, encouraged me in so many different ways. And um, so, Dave, I know you're on. I know you're going to close this out in prayer, but I love you, bro. I miss hanging out with you and uh, I love having you in my life. I know a lot of these guys that are on this call, we still have over 110 or 120 wow. guys that are on there. Um, I know a lot of these guys are on this because of your influence and because of Tom's influence. And you guys, you're not perfect men, <laughs> nor am I, but you've, you've led a life of integrity and uh, it, of such so that men want to follow you. And so I'm one of those guys. So I enjoy following you when you lead, and uh, Tom, I'm blessed that you came on this morning, and I'll hand it over to Ogden as he closes
2: us out in prayer this morning, bro. Oh, man. Man, thank you, Dave, and thank you, Tom. I knew he would, uh, he just would hit it out of the park, isn't that just so cool? And, uh, you know, it kind of reminds me a little bit of, uh, uh, I've known Tom for a long time, and, you know, our, our favorite Proverbs in here is Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen, and iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another. Um, so that's just, just so, so cool. Uh, Tom, great job, man! I don't know if you're still on or still can hear, but uh, awesome job with that. Uh, he spoke, Thank you. From, uh, man. He spoke from James chapter one in the first couple of verses there, and I love those. But as I finish out in our prayer, I want uh, I want everybody to go to that and read that whole chapter. Matter of fact, uh, you can read James itself in about 20 25 minutes. Um, but really, what's important after that is the next section after that. God says if any of us lacks wisdom to ask him for it but not only ask him for it that we are to believe through our faith that he's going to give it to us um so that's so cool so if you're on this call today or you're listening up because of uh COVID and you're stressing out and uh, I know I have got some guys that, that talk to me about this they're just so stressed and they don't know what to do they don't know which way to go they're, they feel like they're they don't know who to believe or what to believe, and there's conspiracy theories and all that. Go to the Word, like Tom said, uh, and it tells us if we lack wisdom, ask God for wisdom. Believe that he's going to give us that wisdom, and then rely on that. So if you guys will join me in my prayer, Dear Lord, I want to thank you for the blessings in my life, and thank you for Tom. Lord, um, I know here on earth we all, often say imitation is the best uh, form of flattery, and uh, last year I got to speak on part of his message which he has said for 30 years that everything matters every everything matters every person that we come in contact matters every word that we say matters every every second of the day matters cuz we're representing you so if we can live our life with that in mind with you in mind lord that we're going to persevere you know this this uh this time we're here on earth is just fleeting as we studied last year in Ecclesiastes it's heaven it's just it's just a vapor it's here now and it's gone but our focus and our mission needs to be on you and an eternity. so i ask for every single guy on this uh call today i don't know where they are in their personal struggles lord if they're uh, suffering if they're having a difficult time which so many people are ask for you to come into their heart and give them peace and comments uh and direct them towards you lord i i i ask if they have any questions that they reach out to any of these men uh, on this site or to the Ironman of God group, Lord, or to their pastors or their church leaders to um, to talk over what they're going through in their lives right now. Uh, this too shall pass. Lord, we love you. We bless you. Uh, we thank you for blessing us, Lord. You are the Almighty. Uh, thank you. It's in your name we pray.
3: Amen.